I'll invite you to turn with me in the Old Testament, and we are now going to turn to Proverbs and chapter 26, and we begin reading at verse 12, Proverbs 26, beginning at verse 12. It says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hands in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of the whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body, like the glaze covering an ethan vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. Now, this particular evening, I just wanted to spend the next couple of minutes to uh, share with you a very well-known subject from the book of Proverbs, and it is about laziness. That's what I'm going to talk about this evening, uh, laziness. Now, I, I recall in my own experience as my kids were younger and, and uh, you know, growing up, that this is one of those areas where we really used to butt heads with them um, because of laziness. And, you know, as parents, we are oftentimes concerned that uh, as we bring up our children, that we will not bring up uh, people who are lazy. So we always want to put pressure, and rightly so, that we can uh, remove that, that, that laziness from our children, that as they grow up, they recognize that, that they must be hardworking uh, in this life. 
that uh, God has appointed for us six days in which we are to labor, in which we are to work, and then uh, one day in seven, which is the Lord's day, we are to rest and to rest when we worship our God. Now, the, the, the Bible uses that old word, which oftentimes when we, we read, you know, it's not one of those words that we use in, in sort of everyday speaking in English. In fact, uh, in all my years I spent in England, I, I don't recall ever having had anybody use that word, sluggard. Uh, at all, but uh, it's, it's, it's right there. It's uh, one of those words that used to be quite well known. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to have fallen out of use uh, in, in the way in which the English language is used in these days. But the word sluggard, it means somebody who is lazy, somebody who is dormant, somebody who is uh, indolent, uh, I, I do apologize. A number of all those words, we still don't use them. Uh, you know, I wish I could find uh, a word that, 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 that we all use that would speak to that word sluggard. But I would recommend to you Proverbs. It has a lot to say about this idea of being lazy. Now, you know, I was just giving you an idea, I mean, uh, uh, an example of the kind of issues that I used to have with the, the kids as they were growing up. And, and uh, one specific example that I would like to uh, mention to you was the idea of putting their clothes in the washing machine uh, that, you know, we sort of uh, uh, really sort of argued over that, you know, just taking the dirty clothes and putting them in the machine and then, you know, the, the, the machine will do everything else. Then after that, they will just need to remove it and put it in the dryer and then fold the clothes and put them away uh, nicely. And in order to sort of impress upon them how this is such an important duty that they need to learn. I, I used to give them an example of where I grew up myself. There was no washing machine. So every Saturday morning, it was a day for the laundry. And I mean, and we did that every day. It was part and parcel of, uh, of uh, life. So I used to give them that example. I said, look, can you see how privileged you are. You don't have to wash these things like I did. You just have to take them and put them here and this thing is going to do it for you. Uh, but, uh, you know, you won't believe it that uh, uh, it would take such pressure to get them to see the point that they used to do this. I am sure that a number of you who are parents uh, have probably experienced that. If not, you probably uh, will experience at some point. But this laziness, you know, is it, it's not just something that is funny 
in the way in which it manifests itself in the lives of our children, the Bible tells us actually that it is a sin. Laziness is sin. And no wonder uh, Proverbs again and again wants to address this particular issue. And it addresses it as a uh, an issue of sin. Uh, for instance, if you may remember, I think it's somewhere in Proverbs chapter 6 where it says, go to the ant and learn. You lazy man. Just look at the ant. How industrious that little insect is. It's always on business. However, this evening, I just want us to pay attention there and look at some of the things that this passage mentions here as the key indicators of laziness, of being a sluggard. And the first thing that we notice in verse 13 of Proverbs and chapter 26 is that a lazy person is a person who gives excuses. And notice the excuse that uh, this particular person gives in verse 13. It is an unbelievable one. It says there, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the street. That is the excuse. Now, I oftentimes have wondered when I read this verse, you know, why it didn't say the coward says there's a lion in the streets. No, it's not the coward. It is the lazy person, the sluggard. He is the one who is full of excuses. And once again, I'm sure that this is something we can see in the lives of our children, especially as they're growing up. If you uh, call your child by his or her name and ask them to do something, the first time is that they're going to give you an excuse. And especially as we get into the summer, uh, one of the things that you are bound to hear from your children is the word, I am bored. That's the typical word that uh, our children, and by that they mean they want you to take them somewhere or they want you to buy them something that they must be doing because they are bored. But nonetheless here, what the scriptures tell us here is that a lazy person, the sluggard, is one who gives excuses. Uh, incidentally, uh, just for your own information, that verse there in chapter 26 and verse 13, you can actually see it in, uh, uh, I think it is chapter 22, and uh, it's verse... Let me just find it here on my 
little... 13. 13, yes. Good, yeah. It was actually 13. 22, 13. Yep. So it's exactly the same way. The sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. So that, that's, that's typical of a, a lazy person, that they give excuses. But there's also a second one in verse 14. It says there, as a door turns on its hinge, so does a sluggard on his bed. Uh, just imagine the way that the door is uh, created. You must have a hinge so that it can open and close. And the scriptures tell us there that a lazy person is glued to his bed like that. That he is not interested in doing anything other than in making sure he is lazing about. He's sleeping on his bed. And especially our kids, once they become teenagers, that's what they like. It is to spend most of their time in their bedroom and on their bed. I recall that there was a, a very radical woman who I heard of who uh, lived somewhere in Tucson and was having a lot of trouble with her teenage daughter uh, because she would always lock herself in her bedroom. So the woman just went and removed the door <laughs> and put it outside so that uh, the person would, the girl would, the teenage girl would not hide in the bedroom. But that is the truth. The person who is lazy, they will spend most of their time on their bed. But there's a third thing that the Proverbs tell us, and that is verse 16, that there's a, the, the, the lazy person is the last person to know his own weaknesses. It says there in verse 16, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. That they are so blind. Normally the term we use is they have a blind spot. And by that we mean that they are not conscious of the fact that they have this glaring weakness about themselves, and, and, and that's the, the issue. However, the point that really I want you to pay attention to is the excuse that uh, is given in verse 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. Now, There's a lot of creativity in coming up with an excuse like that. You can tell that the person is thinking. And as they think, they finally come up with uh, what they think. This is genius. If I give them this excuse, 
nobody is going to bother me about doing something that I really don't want to do. So, even though there is not a lion in the street, he wants to convince everybody who is listening to him or to that particular excuse that there is a lion in the street. And so I do have a good excuse for not doing whatever it is that you want me to do. Now, what that means is obviously the person does not want to do any task. Their heart is totally indisposed or does not want to go out there and do anything. Now, because the heart does not want, what it therefore does is to capture two things from this individual. First of all, it captures the mind and uses its creativity to come up with a good excuse. And secondly, it captures the will and forces it to do what it wants to do. In short, believe it or not, you can see total depravity in that verse. The problem here is not that there is a lion. The problem here is that there is a depraved heart that's at work in the life of this particular person. And because of that depraved heart, it is using the mind and the will to get the person to be lazy. You may have heard the term, the bondage of the will. This is what we mean. What we mean is that the will, as part and parcel of the human being, is not free. The will is always under an evil heart and a creative mind and will only do what the heart and the mind want it to do. And so, when we preach or tell people that human beings don't have free will, this is what we mean. The will is not free to act against the heart. It's the other way around. It's the heart that drives the will. Here is a very classic example of an evil heart, a lazy heart that causes both the mind and the will to reject duty.
it's amazing when I saw that point. You can see total depravity in Proverbs. You can see the bondage of the will in Proverbs. God must work in our lives to change the heart, free the heart from the power of sin for the will to turn and say, I want to please God. The will cannot on its own be able to do that because it is constantly going to be a channel, going to be the means of expressing the evil heart. And in this case, the heart does not want to work. And it is looking for an excuse, a good excuse for not wanting to work. So that's the first thing that we notice in this, in this verse. Here is total depravity. Here is the bondage of the will in Proverbs. But then, secondly, <coughs> how do we apply this particular verse to ourselves? Well, remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said when he was here on earth. Work while it is day. For night comes when no man shall work. And as Christians, we are urged to redeem the time because the days in which we live are evil days. In other words, if you put everything together, our time on earth is not only limited, the opportunities we have are limited. And that is why, as Christians, when we are well in body and are members of the local church like this, we must commit ourselves to hard work. We must pray that God will grant us grace not to easily give in to the sin of laziness. Spiritual laziness will rob this church, will rob our lives of the kind of progress we should make as Christians and as a church. And that is why this warning is timely for us. It is very easy to find an excuse not to engage in something productive either as an individual or as a church. We need to remember that we will not be here all the time. Sometimes we may be here for a long time, but a time might come when you might be incapacitated by disease or illness. So while we have the opportunity to labor, I want to say to all of us, 
it is very important for us to make every effort to use the time given to us, to use the opportunities allotted to us to serve the Lord. We might not have all these for all the time. While we have them, let us pray that God will give us the strength. God will give us the drive, the motivation to serve him while it is called today. For night cometh when no man shall work. And so I want to encourage you as an individual Christian, do not succumb to laziness. When it is time for you to pray, make every effort to seek the Lord in prayer. When it is time for you to do good, whatever kind of goodness that uh, it is in your power to do, do it to the glory and honor of God. Don't let opportunities go to waste you are giving in to laziness. And if we are to be honest, all of us would probably be more mature as Christians if we were not easily giving in to laziness in the use of the means of grace. In ways in which we are to encourage one another that we may grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Christ. And tonight, I want to say, do not give in to that creative, sinful nature that gives some of the most appropriate excuses you can ever come up with. Make it your business, your ambition to say, I will do it, and I will do it immediately. Because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Because I don't know how long I will have good health when I can do so many things for the Lord. So when I do have the opportunity, let me do that is God. And God will bless you and God will give, uh, grant you to be a good example to those who know you. Just by your sheer hard work, you'll be an encouragement to those who are around and about you. But the first thing that comes to their mind when they think about you is hard work, commitment to God and his cause doing everything that you can to promote the cause of Christ, to promote the glory of God, and to live not for ourselves, but to live for the Lord. So once again, remember, laziness is a sin. And it's a sin from which we must be delivered if it continues to rear its ugly head in our own lives.
as Christians. And God, the Bible tells us, is full of grace. It says, where sin abounds, grace does even more. May God grant us the grace that as those who are grateful because of what God in Christ has done for us, that we will be willing and ready to do for the Lord as he commands us to do. Okay? Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your word because your word comes to us especially where we are needy. And we do recognize that it is so easy because we live such a comfortable life. Sometimes it's so easy to just live in comfort and not to put your work and give it the priority that it deserves. We pray, Father, that you will rescue us, deliver us from being self-indulgent and help us to seek to live for Christ and to live for others. Your word tells us not to look to our own interests, but to look to the interests of others as well. For this was the mind of Christ, who did not seek to please himself, but gave his life a ransom for us all. We pray that as we get into this new week, we may be filled with the Holy Spirit. We may be filled with a genuine desire to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to use every opportunity you give us for your own honor and for your glory. We ask now that you will be pleased to dismiss us with your blessing because we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.